you have somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind welcome back ladies and germs we thank you so much for your attendance this fine morning afternoon evening night middle of the day i don't know wherever you are whatever you're doing it's time to listen because we've got some stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is very cool coming at you live kind of i'm yeah. live my host kevin is live so we're live while we're doing it and you're live while you're listening to it exactly so it's we're a all live alive. show so it's an alive show <laughs> it's an alive show we're all alive, alive here. show but, uh, you know, we're going to roll right into things today because there's so many good segues I don't want to waste. Okay. Ready? Here's the first one. Speaking right. of things that are alive, you want to know what's not alive, Kevin? Tell me. Okay, that was the first segue. You want to hear the second segue? <laughs> sure. This that's is stuff true. that's real. Do you want to know what's not real, Kevin? I can't wait to hear. Okay, cool. So those are my two segues. Two now two I'm going to awkwardly pause, ruin the segue moment, and ask you a question, Kevin. Yes. Kevin. Yes, did my you friend. Know, did you know birds are not real? I heard a rumor from a guy. Yeah. That they were not real. They're not real, man. Yeah. I think we fake. should all wake up. They're all wake up. They're all they're all fake, man. They're all turns out they're all government cameras and like little tiny drones that fly around. Spy yeah. us. <laughs> So this is not really news to most people. You've probably heard of this movement, the birds aren't real movement. It's a somewhat satirical, kind of funny Gen Z style movement. Uh, and I'll explain what all that is supposed to mean later. And I had just written it off as just another quack alt-right or uber-left weirdo theory that people you know buy into because they're dumb. Yeah. And while that is true, people do buy into it because they're dumb. There's a little bit more under the surface here with the birds aren't real movement, but I'll, I'll just give a brief overview of what the movement is first, and then we'll explain what it like kind of really is about the stuff that's real part. Yeah, but Peter uh, McIndo, I think is how you pronounce it, Mac McIndo. We're gonna go. We're gonna um, go with that. We're gonna go with that. Peter McIndo. That he's a 23 year old, or at least the time he created this, or now I don't know. At one point in his life, he was 23 years old, and uh, at another point in his life, maybe the same point, he created a movement called the Birds Aren't Real Movement. And basically, his efforts have been um, very much uh, rewarded. He's got a whole website called, you know, birdsaren'treal.com. You can actually go there. Yeah. He's got a van decked out with Birds Aren't Real. It looks like a real cool, like, CIA cyber satellite van. It's got all kinds of crap on the sides of it, right? Like stickers and everything. And he's got a billboard in Pittsburgh, Memphis, Los Angeles that just says Birds Aren't Real. One of the pictures of these actually is pretty funny because there's a bunch of birds sitting on top of the sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his goal with this movement, okay, so the ostensible goal when the movement first came out uh, and blew up, a lot of people around his age, the Generation Z, which I don't believe in, but whatever, that's what they're calling it. Yeah. They being the people I don't like, uh, the news. This Gen Z movement, everybody you know, started just blowing it up and making it go viral and everything, which then led to the older boomer generation, if, if we're going to put labels on everything, um, and the, the people that control news media started getting all up in arms about this movement because like, oh, this thing's blowing up. This is just this weird QAnon conspiracy theory group thing. 
that clearly is alt-right and clearly is bad and we need to prevent people from the misinformation of thinking that birds aren't actually real and it got to be a big deal it got to be like a big thing the original moment was at a, a women's march around i think 2017 is when this thing came out beginning of 2017 so trump had just become president and peter was there with a sign that said birds aren't real and it just blew up and everybody started freaking out on both sides basically the people that were like yeah birds aren't real they're a government conspiracy how can they do this to us and then the people on the other side going this is ridiculous of course birds are real we need to kill this uh, misinformation campaign as quickly as we can because that's what we do and that's what america wants yeah we have to protect the tender sensibilities of idiot americans who will fall victim to things like birds aren't real movements and so it became this big deal. And Washington Post, New York Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, I don't actually, maybe not them, The Guardian, all these news media outlets started reporting about this guy, in turn making the movement even bigger. <laughs> and it's just, I can't even say it without laughing because it's, it's just amazing. It's brilliant. This guy's brilliant. I love it. It turns out the entire time he's just trolling both sides of this thing. He's just trolling America, saying, You're all idiots for what you think you believe in, because it's all probably wrong. And the other side that just gets all bent up and bent out of shape about falling in line and trying to kill this disinformation <laughs> stuff, you're all idiots too. And, and here's this fake movement that I've created. And it turns out that my generation immediately understands what's going on. Uh, they get the absurdism with it and yeah. we're just having fun and you're all falling for it. Yeah. But it took four years before he came out and, and publicly admitted that. So it is officially a satirical movement but it's still real. It's still happening. And he's still getting a full-time salary, at least, it, it um, from, just, from all this crap. It's bizarre to me that the literally the first time I heard of this at all, ever, was when 60 Minutes did the interview with him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, that's the only time I've ever heard of it. And since then, it's like all I ever hear about. It's this ridiculous, like, it's become more of a meme in my life now than it was when he started it. So... Exactly. I think that's bizarre. If you really think about the implications of that, it, it means that 60 Minutes created misinformation. <laughs> right. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. doing so, the interview. <laughs> and, and they're not the only culprit here. It's every yeah. single mainstream media outlet created this thing. Yeah, that's what 60 I mean. 60 Minutes had a platform, but so did the New York Times, who reported about it early on, too. And so did The Guardian, who reported about it early on. And, and these guys just went back and forth as we know, churning the narrative into a theory yeah. that this guy was out to get them with his misdirection. And invasion. that's, to me, that is the thing that's being kind of brushed aside. Uh, and yeah, it ignored, is. Absolutely. Is that th none of this had any traction whatsoever until the media gave it legs. Pre-concisely, so, man. And that was kind of my point with this whole thing was I'm on the New York Times article right now. Yeah. And they do this all the every freaking article I read from them is this you know, real tongue in cheek, like smug. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we knew it was satire. We all Look at it the whole time. Is. Obviously, this is some stupid Gen Z QAnon right wing, all the bullshit like uh, yeah. labels they want to throw around to, to win. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you guys are buried. You've buried your original articles about this where you were actually scared of this guy, which is what they which is what's happening a lot. So media outlets will cover something. When it turns out it's false or turns out that their viewpoint is incorrect or whatever, suddenly it disappears off their site yeah, or gone. it gets edited. Wipe it from so, the record. 
Not, not to sound, I, you know, I don't want to go all like conspiracy theorist. I do uh, on I this, really but want I believe it's not a conspiracy theory if it's an actual conspiracy. I see them doing this stuff all the time. But here's what's funny about this story that you know, about us covering this story. We're covering this story on the day that they announced that the dif- disinformation czar, mm-hmm. disinformation head Nina Jankowitz, has resigned after the whole. The, the Department of Homeland Security paused that whole initiative to create a department aimed at preventing or, or managing misinformation and disinformation. And Ministry I think rightly in the Ministry of Truth, as, as 1984 would call it, that to me, that was such an alarming moment for us yeah. as a country because suddenly we now they came right out saying eventually actually saying this is only to prevent like Russian influence and, and things like that. But everything she talked about was like, she went on Twitter or went on zoom with a bunch of folks and talked about Twitter and the blue check verification system. And she said, there are a lot of people who have blue checks who uh, aren't really, who shouldn't really be verified because they're not legit and talked about how blue check marks should be able to edit your tweets to add context. So, Stuff like this is, it's a bigger deal than people make it out to be. This kid's pulling a prank on the world, and it's funny, but it think about the implications of it. <laughs> That's the thing, man. A lot of people, and I know what side they're on, and I don't want to out you or me and what side we're on, because it, it's not about sides, and it's not that I honestly don't think I'm on a side with this, but the mainstream media is the absolute... Worst entity I have ever seen on the face of the planet as far as pushing a narrative and making the other side of their narrative the enemy. And I'm just going to come out right and say, and fuck you all for that. Whoever's yeah. behind it, no, they fuck, sh- fuck you for it. Main, mainstream media is almost solely responsible for for just screwing yeah, up our Anyone culture. involved, anyone involved from the bottom has to been the bottom, for a long journalist in the bottom to the janitor that works there to the CEO that runs it. Just fuck and look, them all. Back in the day. You're just ruining everything. You're ruining the world. When I was had I had my own production house and everything, and we were doing this documentary series, we got this gig to cover the story of a special forces operation from Vietnam, and the 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 real impetus of it was there was a court case because CNN had run a program calling these guys war criminals, saying that they used sarin nerve gas. Yeah, with no evidence whatsoever, and so through the course of the all the tr- the all the trial related stuff, we were covering a lot of this, and they things came out. Why did you use this guy as a source? He wasn't actually on the operation or had anything to do with it. He he came forward because he had some inside information. Yeah, and he was in the military. Yeah, he was like a <laughs> carpool guy or something, right. uh, and he was <laughs> stationed in Hawaii while this mission was going on the guy claimed that nixon himself had called him one day and told him that he needed to go on a mission to plant trees in the in the mountains as a green initiative and that was how or no this guy had done that as a boy scout nixon called him said i heard about that and that shows me what a stand-up guy you are so it was this whole like it was all crap but cnn ran with it and it, it altered our history really because that was it impacted when 9/11 happened that story was one of the things that that had an impact with 
you know, because it was a violation of the Geneva Conventions if right. we did that. So it's a big thing. This, so this whole misinformation thing is a huge, yeah, big. And deal. everybody thinks I'm, I'm. Everyone thinks I'm all out of line and been out of shape when I like say strongly worded things like, "Anyone involved in the media, just fuck you." But yeah. I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You guys have ruined the world because you're complicit. You, you're complicit, and you've ruined yeah. the entire fucking world. And social media just exacerbates your bullshit. Yeah. You go read the book by Ryan Holiday. Trust me, I'm lying. Mm-hmm. confessions of a media manipulator he talks about all of this and it's all yeah. just it's not even it's not even fake in a conspiratorial sense it's fake in a this is the designed business model Look, sense. i worked in media for years and i i watched firsthand people would craft a story specifically with the intention of when this gets out it's going to be proven wrong it's going to be proven false and we will apologize when that happens. And the yeah. whole idea was to get people pissed off enough to buy papers and and click at yeah. click through on the ad sponsored content and things like that. It's and or watch the six o'clock news or whatever. And I watched it happen, and it happened again. I was watching it unfold nightly on uh, the news during the pandemic. Like they were literally crafting stories that had no basis in fact, and putting information out there that they knew damn well they were going to have to retract later. And so they retracted on page 13 of the paper or they retract. No one reads the paper anymore, but you know, they retracted in some quiet segment at the end of the broadcast or something. Yeah. So So, yeah, we'll talk about breathing through that. I get mad about this stuff. I get mad about, can you tell I get mad about this stuff? So, okay. But let's not want to tell me, Oh, this and that, and this is real. This is not real. And I'm like, Prove it, and they let's not, let's not take this out on our poor bird friend here. They, though, they, they link to a news article, and yeah, it's all bullshit, man. So this is what this episode is about. It's not that birds aren't real; it's media isn't real, and that's media is real. That's what this that's what this actually proves is that this media is isn't real. Yeah, and it's fascinating, actually. It's and it reminds me of there's so many there's so many things that this kind of reminds me of, like or calls to mind. There was a a, mo- a minute there, like a year or so ago where all these kids on Twitter were posting videos claiming that Helen Keller wasn't real and Anne Frank wasn't real. And I watched a girl, this teenage girl, like rage cry that Helen Keller isn't real. Stop telling us she was real because she, you're saying this woman who was blind and deaf and mute wrote books. No, she didn't. She didn't do that. That's not real. Or she flew a plane. Like, we have actual footage of this stuff. We have actual... There's more proof of this than of the moon landing. But these kids... Someone said she's not real. And every one of these kids decided it was some lie being forced on them. And that's, that's, that's to me, a huge problem. Because it doesn't matter whether you believe Helen Keller was real or not. But if... Someone can come along and manipulate you to that point and yeah. just galvanize you to whatever bullshit that they are putting out there. Yeah. You are vulnerable and you are going to cause problems because those kids vote. Those kids, they are they're going to vote. If they, if they don't vote already, they're going to vote. They're going to take positions of leadership. They're going to be the barista turned senator who yeah. is – bound and determined to make the country social socialist in nature, despite the fact that we have hundreds of years of proof that socialism leads to the worst possible living conditions for a population. Communism is bad. We all know communism is bad, but 
we're gonna we're gonna toe that line and and become communists because it's different from capitalism. It's different from what we've had. It, there's always this natural rebellion that generations have against the generation that came before them, but usually, it's it ends up leveling itself out when common sense kicks in. But social media and mainstream media completely black out any form of common sense. Like they inundate you with messaging and it's wrong headed thinking. <laughs> anyway, I've gone on a tirade. I'm going to, I'm going to dial this way back. This is a fun <sighs> let's, let's all breathe. Let's just take a collective breath. <laughs> America take a friggin' breath. None of this stuff really ends up mattering in the end. It's just every single listener out there. You're flipping between Joe Rogan and, and me and Kevin. And I, <laughs> I, I hear, I understand that. I understand that. Yes. We'll just need to take a collective breath from all the, uh, the truth bombs that we're all throwing out at you. Just, yeah. Anyway. Brain anyway. age. Okay. Media isn't real. Moving on. Media isn't real. That's, that's what it comes down to. Well, this has nothing to do with media. My story. Do we want to jump into my mine now? I, I would love to jump into yours. Okay. Let me preface this. So I've always had a fascination with this topic. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I actually recorded, uh, and we've talked about it on the show before, I recorded a whole sort of podcast episode about the North Pond Hermit who was a guy who disappeared into, I think the I think it was Maine, basically disappeared in the woods for 23 years or something and survived by, he built a little shelter there and kept stealing things from the area, local cabins and a kid's camp and things like that in terms of like food and books and magazines and clothing and any, anything he needed for his little shelter. And he'd managed to, to do that for 20 plus years. Well, We've got another guy who did something similar. Now, this guy actually is a scum of the earth guy. He was a he's a wanted child sex offender. He's wanted for child sexual assault and child pornography charges in Wisconsin. But three years ago, he actually let me back that up. In 2016, he disappeared. So it wasn't three years ago, it was six years ago. This story takes place three years after that. So he disappears in 2016. His name is Jeremiah Button. <laughs> I wish I was I'm making this up. Fame. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremiah Button, 44 years old, disappeared in 2016, just weeks before he was scheduled to stand trial on child sexual assault and child pornography charges. Oh. So not a good person. But he did something so remarkable that it, it's that the act itself is admirable, even though his motives are not and, his, and he is not. But what basically happened was he got he while things were going through the courts and it was looking like he was probably going to go to trial and be convicted, he was out on bail. And so he started building a shelter in the woods. He basically carved himself a cave out of the ground. And what he started doing was and he, he started bringing stuff in from the local landfill. He started he was leveraging basically the dump. And all the stuff people throw out, he was scavenging and bringing stuff into his little home. And this dude, okay, so it's hidden out in the woods. He had cut trees and planted trees to help hide it. He built this mound, essentially, and he put solar panels on top of it. And he made a generator that he could power by bicycle. So he had radios and TVs and all this electronic equipment and stuff in there. He had 
things he'd scavenged from the dump, basically, the salvage yard or whatever. Um, he had all this cool stuff. And he had a TV band radio, so he could listen to TV. I don't think he actually had a television. But he didn't just, as the article says, he didn't just survive in this. He thrived. Like, he, <laughs> for three years, he was living this sort of high life. And then one day, a guy, Thomas Nelson, was just, this is state land that this guy's on. So, okay. first of all, state land. Very important because no developers are going to come along and right. do anything on this land. Right, right. It's re- it's to remain Greenbelt. So, very important. So, this guy was out just trucking around out there and spotted essentially like a log door in, the, in a hillside. And decided he had to check it out. So he he pushes the door open. And as soon as he's in there, he sees all these this like canned food and storage boxes. And there's clothes. There's a photo of this place in the top of the article where you can see like the guy had all his clothes hanging. You can see all kinds of stuff that he had around. But he had power in this place. So he's running cooling fans and to help ventilate it. But the guy goes in and he rounds the corner and he sees... Jeremiah Button yep. asleep in his bed and he backs out and he goes and calls the police. Now, he didn't know that Jeremiah Button was a child. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. He had no idea. But he was pretty sure that the guy wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> so he calls the police. Oh, good that, Samaritans. That ends up in a 20-minute standoff with the guy and then eventually he surrenders. And essentially, when he surrenders, he basically... He admits that he's glad he got caught. I see that that's the first thing that I noticed and latched onto in this article. Because it says he moved away and called police. This is the guy that found him. And then a 20-minute standoff with Button ensued before Button surrendered. The the Marathon County Sheriff's deputy said Button seemed almost glad for human interaction. I'm like, I don't think there would have been a 20-minute standoff if this guy was super keen on human interaction. I mean, you know? By habit, he's probably not not wanting to give himself up. Well, but, he probably doesn't want to go to jail, right? Yeah. Right. So he's he's and, and but if you're gonna catch me, you and think- here's the thing: in, after three years of living in a hole, is jail gonna be that bad? Uh, although I will say this: you don't get a very good life when you go to prison for assaulting a child. Not for not for assaulting a kid. No, nope. nobody. You're, you're not gonna have a long you. life there either. You are not a hero, and you are not going to survive that experience. So nope. he's in for well. It, apparently this was a while back, so I, I, I should look him up and well, see. Well, knowing our justice system, he's probably bouncing around courts and having court dates and appearances and all that. Probably. they. He was in custody on a $100,000 cash bond, which you know, hypothetically somebody could actually bond him out. But I have a feeling that if you disappear for three years and make no contact with anybody, you got relatively few people you can call on who are going to be willing to front cash when he also lost his lawyer he had legal uh support and the lawyer just bailed on him yeah and didn't return the call i guess when yeah he, he was like hey man i'm back sorry i had a three-year extent uh excursion love so, for you to what's it called come um, on come on back yeah what am i trying to say the re- lawyers pro bono court? no to yeah. um not promote them to represent thank you oh my god yeah. wow okay can't work today English. um English, English hard. Yeah, he's like, love for you to represent me today. I'm, I'm back after three years. Hello? And then the yeah, screw you, man. I'm, yeah. Uh, nope, delete that voicemail. You've been gone so long, we don't even have those kind of phones anymore. So here's the thing. This is, you'll, listeners, and I know Nick realizes this about me, but there's certain topics that are just 
recurring in my life that I'm yes. just going to be living, fascinated living in with holes and small spaces. Seems to be I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> but it, the idea of dropping off the grid, disappearing, yeah. is something that that fascinates me. The people who do that are incredible in to me. Like they, they you know, not always good people, but but I've followed so many stories like this over the years, and I have a fascination with. For example, there are people who um, they have YouTube channels and they are living in storage units, for example. Yeah. One guy in particular <clears throat> really impresses me because like he he rents this storage unit. He has managed to build in, in within that storage unit a nice little system of he's got it's decked out. It's he's got his TV, he's got a game system on there, he's got he uses headphones. So nobody can ever hear what he's watching or listening to or whatever. He has this, he's worked out how to get power. That's usually pretty easy because he's got access to the power from the unit. But, and it's an air conditioned climate controlled system, but he has like this system for water where he t basically takes a cart with a bunch of five gallon jugs to the water fountains in this place or the sinks and fills them with water in broad daylight, no yeah. one ever questioning this. He's got to do this once every couple of months or so, or once every month or something. And then he takes all that back, but he uses the restroom in the facility. He's rigged a fake lock on the thing so that he can get in and out uh, from inside and close it. And it looks locked. And I, when I hear, when I see stories like that, like when I started writing the whole Quake Runner series, part of what I wanted to do was stuff like that, but it changed because she has this super AI that can, you know, why would she have to sleep in a storage unit when she can sleep in a fine luxury hotel and no one would even know it was her. Right. So that changed, but I'm, I'm going to come back around on this at some point and write about yeah, just write her in something where they figured out her little shtick and, and somehow have prevented her from doing that and yeah. then make her go off grid, you know, completely or so they think or, or something, but that's the yeah. thing I, I can, I can do this, but that I've done the research on this. Yeah. This is definitely something I like. To I the remember point driving where, through Houston with you once, or yeah. I think it was San Antonio or Houston. And the entire drive, you gave me the, the full spiel on how to disappear. You could just disappear. Just here's, mean, here's how you do it. Here's what you do first. And I was and like, that's, oh, man, and that's I, the I thing. You, driving. I need to be taking notes. And maybe if I ever do disappear, no one's ever going to believe that I didn't do it on purpose now because we're broadcasting it. But, but yeah, that, and the, there are certain things that if you don't want to be found, you have to give up. One of those is contact with other human beings as much as possible. On the other hand, there are certain there are certain things, certain there's a certain when you're in public, most people aren't paying attention to you at all. Okay? Nobody's watching for you. You hiding in plain sight, right? If you're in the right place, let's just say you're at I wrote about Alex Kane being at Disney World, being at like Di Disney Springs. Yeah. There's so many people who come through there and they've got crazy surveillance. So they might have the Vegas like apps that are scanning your face or whatever. But the chances that they're running that against some FBI most wanted list seem pretty slim. But, you know, if you altered your appearance just enough, you could be out in public unless there's broadcasts saying this, be on the lookout for this person. No one's going to pay any attention to you, especially now. Like we're all wearing masks all the time. <laughs> People are wearing masks all the time. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's an, that's a, an open door for somebody to just 
walk around in public doing anything yeah. they want. So yeah, I was reading just reading a book where the method he used was where to to put some kind of LED lights on top of his hat and just wear a mm -hmm. hat all the time. And of course, the problem with that is that now it would just the cameras would be like, "What's that giant, you know, blurry white light bulb blur, walking yeah. around Disney World?" It wouldn't be able to to pin it as ping. It wouldn't be pinged as him in facial recognition software, which was the whole but it, point. But but it might yeah. get him noticed by security, and so that's what you don't want. Exactly. But the thing is, facial recognition software is there. There are advanced versions of this. And by the way, I keep hearing myself from your side i don't know if you i'm not no okay there are facial recognition software has become so advanced and it, what it's doing is, is it's scanning like certain points on your face and it can yeah. identify you based on these points the thing that's difficult for anyone to alter is their facial structure like their bone structure and that sort of thing and that's those are the points it's looking at that's the unique identifier so right. If you're going to go through a casino or something, there's little chance. If you cheat at a casino and get caught, every casino in Vegas now has your face. Is That's the general consensus. Like they're, they're right. going to know you as soon as you walk in. Yep. They get an alert. Airports are using software like this now. And it's not just recognizing you by your face. There's something called gate recognition, G-A-I-T recognition, which is your walking gate. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Which is also very difficult for people to alter. But there are people who have managed to do this. So they'll apply like a prosthetic or something to change the shape of their face. Mm -hmm. They'll put pebbles in their shoe to change their walking gate. There's all kinds of things you could do, but do you want to live like that? You want to go outside and get your pebbles before you put your shoes on. So your best bet. <laughs> this is Kevin, the expert on disappearing, talking now. But your best bet is you sever all ties with all humanity. You go find a place in the woods and you do what this guy did. And you you know steal whatever you need and do whatever you got to do to get set up out there. But you don't stay there permanently. You're, the idea is you move around. But you spend at least a year in pure hiding so that the media is no longer running stories about you. There's no longer fresh images of your face anywhere. And you change right. your appearance in a natural way. Actually, these days, it's crazy uh, because people are doing things like dyeing their hair purple and whatever. Nobody notices any of that stuff anymore. So what you want to do, though, is you want to look at the environment you're in and what are, how are people dressing and how do they look, what hairstyles, what clothes. You want to do that. Yeah, if you look like you're from downtown San Francisco, yeah. but you're in Idaho, then you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And then you move frequently, whatever works for you, but you randomize it. You spend a year in this place, you, you go to a different place, you spend a year there or six months or whatever. And you can go in public, but the danger is always that someone might recognize you. But if you do it right, you're just going to blend in. Don't call attention to yourself. Don't, you know, it's, right. it, it's interesting. I, I love it. There's a sort of psychology to the whole thing. And yeah, sure. it's not an easy lifestyle. That's the thing that people don't get. That's why this guy, Jeremy Button, was relieved to be arrested by the time it was all said and done. Now, the, the North Pond Hermit was not relieved. He did not want to come in from the cold. He liked being where he was, and he wanted to stay he there until he died. He yeah. didn't want to get caught, right. get found. And then there's guys like um, the kid from Into the Wild. There are just people among us who are just not interested in participating in public life, not interested in participating in the world as it has been presented to them. And so they make their own way.
And, and I've read a lot of books and seen a lot of films about people like this, like the guy, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, actually one of her early books was The Last American Man or something like that, about a guy who did this, dropped out. He bought land, though, but in his early days, he basically got on a horse and rode from one end of the country to the other over and over again, living off the land, eating out of dumpsters, whatever. And now he owns property, but... And he keeps it very raw. He lives yeah. in like a tent. He's one of those guys. And there are people like that. And we always think there's no way you could survive in cold winters, whatever. People survived for thousands of years doing this. Nomadic lifestyles and stuff. So anyway, you don't even have to have a fancy van. But it does help. But anyway, so that's a, a special fascination of mine and this guy is he's a creep he's a, he's a monster and needs to go to prison probably deserves everything he gets once he gets there but hats off to his accomplishment of staying three years off the grid in yeah in exactly. the way he did it that's that's pretty impressive so that's some stuff that's real and also cool i think that is some stuff that's real and we'll wrap this up my internet's uh, a little fiddly and weird but uh, oh, yeah. anyway we'll, we will prevail as always we will come back at you with fresh internet uh, connections and more <laughs> stuff that's real next week but in the meantime folks thank you for listening to this episode of the media is fake and how to live in a hole <laughs> stuff that's real <laughs> a very special stuff that's real <clears throat> the media is fake so you might as well live in a hole so you might as well live in a hole. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I am one half of your gracious and loving co-host, Nick Thacker. I'm the I'm other half. Buddy. Mr. KT. KT. JKT. JKT. We'll say, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see you next week. So thanks for listening. And uh, goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Stuff that's real.